Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm your host, Amanda Farmer, and my guest this week is Robin Johnson. Robin is the founder and CEO of Hutch Underwriting, an innovative new entrant to the Strata insurance market. Robin is an experienced insurance executive who has started, bought and grown regulated insurance companies in Australia, Singapore and Malaysia for some of the world's largest insurers. He and his business partner, Dominique, started Hutch earlier this year. 2022, with the mission of providing better value insurance by harnessing the power of technology. As you'll hear us discuss in this chat, Hutch's new residential strata insurance policy is the first to offer our owners' corporations and body corporates protection from the latest wave of cybercrime in Australia. I'll take you right on over now to my chat with Robin Johnson. Robin Johnson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amanda. Nice to be here. Robin, let's start with a little bit of background. Would you mind sharing maybe some personal background? How did you come to be in the insurance space and now being in the strata space? Let us know if you've got any particular connection to strata. Well, actually, I do have a strata insurance connection that goes back quite a long way where I was living in an apartment in London and decided to lay in my early 20s decided to lay a wooden floor over a long weekend and put a nail straight through a water pipe <gasps> late at night went to bed <laughs> didn't think anything of it didn't realize i did hear a bit of a clinking sound <laughs> i went to bed and uh, i woke up the next morning to my neighbor knocking on the door and i asked him in for a cup of tea as you do. And he said, I don't know, I can't come in, but I only pop around to tell you that you flooded my flat. <laughs> I was on the top floor and I flooded the entire building. But oh happily, insurance did, quite, did, did pay out. But that's not, <laughs> that isn't how I came to be doing this. <laughs> I do love that story though. The strata managers who are tuning in will be going, oh, laying a timber floor over a weekend. Yes, we've heard that before. I'm not sure that we're nailing in our timber floors anymore, so we don't have to worry too much about it. <laughs> about pipes, maybe depending on the age of the building. Yeah. Uh, but no, I fell into insurance. I was actually, I started my career in tech in London in the in the late 90s and worked in tech through the dot-com boom and bust. And then after the bust, all the, all the tech companies moved out of London to the M4 corridor and I was working from home and incredibly bored. And so I, I was looking for something a bit more sociable and um, I got introduced to AIG. Uh, at the time was, you know, the, one of the biggest companies in the world, let alone insurers in the world. And I spent a decade working for them. They sent me all the way around the world. I, they put me through a, an MBA at INSEAD. They sent me to Malaysia where I started a retackle for, for them. And they let me run sales for them all the way across Asia. And then I guess nearly 10 years ago, I left them to go and join what would become AXA XL. And I ran Singapore for them and then came down and basically set them up down here. And I, I left a couple of years ago to start this business, which um, was not great timing with COVID. It's really got quite slowed down by COVID and, and how COVID impacted the, the insurance market so severely. But we're finally live. So 
Yeah, well, that's why we're having this chat. Let us know about Hutch Underwriting. What are you doing over there? Yeah, so we're a Lloyd's cover holder and we're writing. At the moment, we're almost entirely focused on Strata. We've just launched a fully digital product in Strata. We do write some construction insurance, but we're not live with our digital product yet. We're launching that in early next year, hopefully March or April of next year. And um, we like both the strata market and the construction market for really the same reasons. They've got really similar, very strong fundamentals. You know, population growth is driving growth in both of those markets. Strata is about $1.5 billion in premium at the moment. And construction is probably a lot more. There's, there's not great stats on construction insurance premiums, but what we do know is it's 10% of the economy. So, you know, it's a big market. And I guess in both of them, there's similar dynamics where you've got dwindling competition and not great outcomes for customers as premiums increase and similar issues with very high barriers to entry for insurers because a lot of the premiums are very low. And there's very high volume, so you really need really strong operational capabilities to ride the business, which obviously is a barrier to entry. And then lots of complex issues around how climate change is impacting both both markets, inflation, labor shortages, supply chain issues, you know, mm-hmm. all the stuff that makes everything a bit painful at the moment. But I think in both markets, there's just huge potential for new entrants to come in and innovate and create value. And that's really what's excited us about. Robin, you've said there that there are not great outcomes in the strata insurance market. Can you speak a little bit more to what you mean? Well, you know, I think the strata market, there are really good fundamentals, but there's also from a consumer's perspective, there's a lot of issues, right? And I think in the last five years, and I don't know how well known that this is, but in the last five years, a lot of the major insurers have withdrawn from Strata. So you've seen companies like Hollard Exit, AIG, who used to be backing QUS, the MGA, they've exited. Um, Zurich exited five years ago. And there's no new entrants. So there's a lot less competition than there, there really once was. And there's really only, I guess, five insurers that are actively writing in the market. And I think when you have that limited competition in any market, the outcomes for consumers are not great, right? Because you don't get people competing on price. You don't get people competing on innovation or coverage or on process. And so we felt that this is, you know, aside from the really positive fundamentals of the market, the competition dynamics make it look really interesting for us. And that's, that's the opportunity that we want to grasp. So what is this fully digital product, this innovation that Hutch is offering? There's two key innovations that we're bringing to market on day one, and we're working on some more. But the first is probably not really going to be vis- very visible to your your listeners, but we are enabling insurance brokers to access our product and get a quote in four minutes instead of four weeks. You know, So typically, a broker will email a submission to a insurer and four weeks later, they'll get a quote. Uh, they can go directly onto our platform. We've completely automated the process and on 90% of risks, we'll get straight through processing. They'll get a quote in four minutes. And that's for building some insureds under 10 million residential strata. And actually, I should say that probably doesn't sound that impressive, but 
It does sound impressive to me. A quote in four minutes sounds very impressive to me when I'm working with buildings who can't get a quote, full stop. And that the, the market is slightly dysfunctional in that way at the moment. And so we're trying to address that. And even the smallest insurance broker can access our system. We've got 95% coverage from day one of brokers that can access our system. So that's really positive. And we've done that by integrating seven different platforms to be able to make this offer. And then the other innovations, we've got complete flexibility around our cover and deductibles. So an insured can choose exactly what they want to buy. If they just want to buy, you know, very basic property and liability cover, that's uh, entirely up to them. There's no obligation to buy anything else. But if they want to buy all the whistles and bells and have the reassurance of complete coverage around office bearers, liability and so on, that's all available. Deductibles, we provide quite meaningful discounts if you take a higher deductible, which is a bit of an innovation in the market. It's not typically how insurers work, but we, we want to incentivize customers to take higher deductibles because we think that's actually very much in their interests. It might sound a little bit contrarian to say that, but what we see is that consumers or customers that have very low deductibles tend to have more claims and their premium therefore goes up. And because insurance has a lot of frictional cost around commissions and taxes, it doesn't necessarily work in their interest to be dollar swapping on small claims. Is the term deductible interchangeable with the term excess? We would pay an excess when making a claim on the policy? Correct. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm turning into an underwriter here. But um, <laughs> yeah, have, we basically incentivize clients to take a higher excess. We'll still provide a $1,000 excess, but there are reasonable discounts if they take a higher excess. And you know, one of the things that we're seeing in the market is that if you have three or more claims in five years, it's very, very difficult to get coverage because they don't want that profile of client that's constantly having claims. And so in some ways, it's better to increase your deductible and have fewer small claims and take out that risk that you might become uninsurable in future. And then I guess the biggest innovation in the policy that customers will see is that we're offering cyber cover. And we think it does feel a bit strange to be launching a product in 2022 and to be the first to market with cyber cover because cyber has been an issue for so long and Australian government stats have basically nearly $4 billion of, of losses um, to cybercrime annually in Australia and 3 million Australians falling victim a year. So it's a very real issue and it has been for a long time. I think it's you know, getting a lot more attention at the moment and definitely the quantum and the, the number of claims is going through the roof. I think, again, Scamwatch reported that Cyber scams against small businesses have gone up nearly 300% in the last year. So I think it's, you know, it's very, very relevant cover right now. And we're offering cover for both against cyber fraud. So loss of funds in the event that you fall victim to a cyber fraud, but also for liability. So if you have a data breach, i.e. someone hacks your systems or gets into your emails and they steal data and you're sued for that breach, then we'll cover you for the defense costs for that breach. So this is cover that's being offered to owners' corporations. Should they get caught up, I suppose, in a cyber event? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, you know, the simpler cover to explain is the cyber fraud cover. And I think you know, everybody's familiar now with these invoice redirection scams where you receive an invoice from your 
you know, whoever, a gardener, window cleaner, builder, and it might be a reissue of an existing invoice or it might be a new invoice, but the really common theme is that the payment details are different. And they, they ask you to pay the funds into a different account. And you know, I think people need to be really alive to this because it's probably the biggest type of fraud in Australia at the moment. And if you fall victim to that fraud, we will cover your losses up to $25,000 if you buy the cover. Yes. It is great timing that we're talking about this because it was only a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast. I was talking to my often co-host, Rena Van Oust, Strata Manager, who was sharing her experience of precisely that, an event where she received an email to pay an invoice, bank account details she was told by who she thought was the contractor had been changed. Please direct payment to this account. The payment was made and the contractor later followed up and said, hey, never got that invoice paid. Where is it? And it came out that this was a fraud event. And I imagine in that situation, the owner's corporation, if it was found that the owner's corporation had some responsibility, some liability, some obligation to correct that issue, then if the owner's corporation had the cover, they could rely on that and sort out the payment. Is that how it would work? So if the owner's corporation has basically paid the money to a third party that's defrauded them through cyber fraud, then absolutely, yeah, they would be covered. You know, the specific instance I'm not totally familiar with, but all of these cases are kind of the same. And in fact, when we produced our marketing for this, we wrote a sort of case study that just sounds exactly like what you described where, and it was written for us by a, a lawyer, Eden Winnicker, a, a cyber lawyer at, a, at another law firm, Morgan Wilkins. And he basically described pretty much exactly the same situation and exactly the same scenario where the first you ever hear of these scams is where the actual real supplier calls you to say you haven't paid your invoice. And then you realize, oops, got a problem here. I think the, the sort of fail-safe for both strata committees and strata managers alike is that there really ought to be, when there's a change of payment details, it really is best practice now to be calling the third party and personally verifying and calling the number that you know and not the number that's on the email that's just come to you and verifying with someone that you actually know that they did mean to change the, the payment details. I do think, being slightly controversial, that this type of fraud could be pretty much eliminated if there were willingness at government and in banks to do so. You know, the reality is that were bank accounts to be attached to ABNs where when you do a transfer, you note the ABN of the company that you're transferring the money to. If it didn't match up, the transaction shouldn't go through, right? It seems to me to be a relatively simple way to fix this, perhaps expensive for the banks, but given these government stats of $4 billion being lost annually, you would think it would be worthwhile the government pressing the banks to actually act on this. Mm, well, it might be something that we see in our future. Robin, you've said that brokers can access your platform. Is there the ability for strata managers to have direct access for committee members, owners to attempt to get these quotes or you're only dealing with brokers? No, we only deal with brokers. That's our business model. It is quite complex to offer products directly and to offer them to intermediaries that aren't brokers. I think there is the potential that changes to 
the law that might come out of this quality of advice review could simplify some of that. But at the moment, we have no plans to offer products directly. So if we have listeners who are owners, who are strata managers, who are working with a broker, it may be worth their while to have a chat to that broker and say, hey, are you aware of this new product and is this something you have access to? I think you said earlier that about 95% of brokers should be able to access your product if they're looking for a second or a third quote or just a quote at all, because I know so many are struggling to get quotes, then uh, yeah. this is another option. And I think you said, are you the only one in the strata market with this cyber cover? Yeah, absolutely. It's with first to market with a cyber offering. And uh, I'm sure that our competitors will follow at some point, but um, at the moment it's, it's unique coverage. All right. And to clarify, you're only dealing with building some insureds of up to $10 million in residential strata schemes. Would I be right that we're sort of talking low rise there? If building some insured is more than $10 million, I would have thought we'd have larger buildings insured for more than that. Yeah, look, you're not going to find very many high rises under 10 mil these days. 10 mil is roughly 80% of the volume in, in the market. Not the premium, but the volume. I mean, the average strata only has five and a half units. And a five unit strata nationally would be worth two and a half to three mil in rebuild costs. And obviously, that's changing rapidly as inflation catches up with us all. But yeah, at the moment, we're really focused on that smaller residential strata. We will eventually bring product out for the whole market, but we have to start somewhere. Well, it is a good place to start. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you for innovating and for offering these options to our owners, our strata managers, our brokers. Where should our listeners go if they want to find out more about Hutch and get in touch with you? They can go to our website, hutchunderwriting.com.au, or they can look us up on any socials. We've got pretty active on LinkedIn, as you can imagine. But I guess the easiest thing to do would be to talk to your insurance broker or your strata manager about getting a quote. Thank you, Robin Johnson, for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Amanda. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?